Hello everybody, I'm Mike, founder of Talk About It Mate, and here we are for season two, episode four of the Talk About It Mate podcast. In this podcast, I sat down with the wonderful Rachel Barker from Mindful Teo, and we talked about being mindful and meditation and mindfulness in general for the benefit of your well-being. This was a really, really good chat for me personally, and it was great to connect with Rachel. I think she's fantastic, and I can't wait to see how well she does, and, and I hope that this might give people a little bit more information about what uh, mindfulness and meditation is without the, the connotations that might stop you from accessing it because I think for me it could do a lot of good and I think for so many people it could open a lot of doors uh, especially while we're, a lot of us are at home more so really hope you enjoy this episode four let me know what you think Welcome to um, season two, episode four of the Talk About Mate podcast. And uh, we're here with Rachel Barker. Um, a very exciting uh, opportunity to talk about something that I know very little about, uh, which is mindfulness, being mindful. So, to begin with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, wherever you feel comfortable starting so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit. Okie dokie. Um, so my name's Rachel um, and I'm 50 years old and um, the first time I came across mindfulness without actually knowing it was actually giving birth to my daughter who's 12 um, and I only know that now because obviously I've learned uh, about mindfulness and meditation but I know that I had a very very peaceful quiet birth of my daughter without any pain relief and kind of went into myself and just presumed that that's what everybody who has a baby does um and i found it you know very calm and i've subsequently learned that actually i i i did what they call hypnobirthing without even realizing i was doing it um and just went into myself and just literally breathed through the pain and actually gave birth and everything was wonderful um so like i say that was 12 years ago um i've been through quite a lot of um stressful things in my life dealing with grief and um, anxiety um i used to have a very senior job in a university and i think for me um i hit perimenopause and kind of got to a crisis point where all my usual tools of dealing with anxiety and stress weren't working um and i was finding it more and more difficult to kind of you know cope with things um and i subsequently um started doing a bit of yoga actually i did a few yoga sessions and i can only describe the feeling when i was doing yoga as um like an inside relaxing feeling almost like um like a brain relax and and i I didn't really know what it was but i just thought oh this is this is like when i have my hair shampooed whenever i get to a hairdresser it's like a, a like a really relaxing feeling but it's inside it's like in my mind but in my body as well and I didn't know what it was um and that's something that I've learned that is to do with mindfulness and meditation um and so I took the opportunity um through various different reasons to leave the university 
and to decide to do something that's always been a passion in, of mine because I've always wanted to support and help people with mental health issues and anxiety and stress in life and um, train to become a counsellor which is what I'm doing now and part of that journey for myself was that um, I received some counselling for grief uh, and to help me get a bit of understanding of myself and one of the things that I've learned through self-reflection was trying to develop um, something that works for me in life to help me lead a much calmer more balanced life um, and what started my journey was reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle um, which is, is about how we're only ever in the present moment so I realised that a lot of my anxiety is about the future mm. and things that aren't here yet and that don't exist other than this, in this head um, and I think because I'm, I've always been quite an active person mentally I've, I've always overthought things and worried about things that actually I don't need to worry about and I can just let go um, so following on from that um, I really got into Thich Nhat Han, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk who's just um, they call him like the creator of mindfulness he's just fantastic um, and the more I got into him and the more I started doing online meditation the more I realised, gosh, this is for me, not just the meditation, but the mindful living as well. So I decided that, you know, part of for my own well-being and also as a really good tool for when you do become a counsellor is self-care. So other than exercise and running, um, I decided to train to become a meditation teacher so that I could support some of the communities in my local environment and also directly with friends. And uh since qualifying to do it, I've done a few podcasts and I've done a few private one-to-ones. I do it with my daughter, I meditate every day and I live quite mindful. And I, for me, it's, it's an absolute revolution because, you know, no day is the same, days go up and down, but I know I've got things that I can do that will actively just bring everything right back down and calm me down. So that's kind of my journey. <laughs> I feel very inspired from that, just watching you and like seeing your body language. It's almost calming me hearing you talk about that. And I think my next next question is like, what does mindful a mindful life look like for you? Because it, I think what the most important thing you said before was, you know, we look into the past and we look to the future, but we don't look at the now. And I think I I find I really struggle with that. So what what does it look like to you, really? Yeah, I think, I mean, as a human being, we all struggle with that. And, and, and living a mindful life doesn't mean that 24-7 you're mindful and you're living in the moment. Because as a human being, we all have our ways and means and we all have good and bad days. The, the, the thing about living a mindful life is, is acknowledging and being aware of your mind and being aware of, for me, what, it, what, it, what one of the benefits that I find is rather than my mind overtaking me, I have the ability now to almost, and I'll quote, because it's horse riding, because I ride horses as well, is you can almost saddle your thoughts. So it's yeah. almost like um, you have the ability to think, you know, oh, here I am, I'm overthinking about something to do with the garden and the bins and the flowers and what about this and what about that? And, I, I can, and I'm aware of myself going off on this journey that's just mm -hmm. thoughts. So I immediately get on my saddle and think, oh, I'm going down this road. So I get onto the saddle and just can bring myself right back down to the here and now. <coughs> Excuse me. The thing 
about living a mindful life is that there are moments in my every day that I'm absolutely mindful and they change day to day but there are moments that are extremely mindful so I every day I do a meditation sometimes I do two um, sometimes they're in the morning sometimes it's in the bath at night but whatever suits me on that any given day is is when I'll do a meditation um, I do them sometimes with my daughter when I can get a 12 year old to sit down and do a meditation oh. uh, <laughs> but um, it's it sounds really cliche and I can I can tell I can see myself 10 years ago if someone would have been saying this to me 10 years ago I would have immediately said as a senior manager in a high fast environment what fluffy talk because it's fluffy it's fluffy and actually now I think yeah we all need a bit of fluffy we all need a bit of zen we all need a bit of calm because it's it's it can be washing up, it can be making a brew, it can be eating. I mean, one of the things that I've learned as well is people, you know, for comfort or for stress, we eat sometimes. And to eat mindfully actually can counteract some of the, oh God, it's a bad day, I need to get half a packet of chocolate hobnobs and stuff them in. Well, actually, mindfully is actually, oh my God, this is beautiful enjoying the taste of the chocolate in your mouth letting it melt how lovely it is when you dip chocolate in a cup of tea and it's all warm and it melts and the feeling of it and the taste of it and the sweetness yes. of it and it's such a pleasure and that's just that's that's mindfully enjoying what you're eating or mindfully enjoying a brew or mindfully washing up just thinking gosh you know so grateful that i've got warm water with bubbles in yeah put my hands in and, and it can be for 60 seconds it can be yeah it's amazing there's a power in in the here and now isn't there that we don't appreciate and i think it i think and, and i've done a lot of podcasts for men and men's groups and men often they don't acknowledge or, or they suppress an emotion because they often see emotions as some kind of weakness and i think emotion if we acknowledge it in the here and now can also can also be a good thing and like I think, I don't know a lot about mindfulness and meditation, but it's not denying them, accepting that there might be some bad feelings there that adds to the power of what it can offer. Absolutely. And, and I think particularly for men's groups, because I know that I'm, I'm doing a, a blog for a man's group that's in the local community, um, because that's one of the things that they very much struggle with in terms of, they box it away or they push it away or they don't want to deal with it in the here and now and the thing about emotions is whatever you, you think you do with them they're still there and one way or another they'll come out whereas if you're mindful you can you can actually sit and and, and almost saddle the emotion and think you know this is a really awful emotion it makes me feel worthless it makes me feel stressed it makes me feel bad it makes whatever it makes you feel and allow yourself in that moment to acknowledge the feeling and acknowledge and and it's and it's it's it sounds weird but you actually you you go through that emotion and you feel it but you get to the other side so yeah, yeah. so and it can be uncomfortable and you know there are meditations where you cry there are meditations where you feel deep lost there are meditations where you feel god I'm crap or the meditations where you feel I can't I'm not very good at it those are normal human feelings and emotions that everybody has but the ability to actually work through it and feel it 
and then get to the other side is is one of the key great things about mindfulness because yeah. you know it's it, it's it, it's there it's just having the ability to to move through it yeah i think it's like i say it's so powerful and and the work say so the work i do in mental health is about normalizing mental health and yes it's about raising awareness but i i i, I don't want to stop there i want to go beyond that and actually provide added value to people's lives but i think there are barriers that stop uh, people i don't say the, ab the average person from accessing either mental health services or the things that you offer and it's often that people think it's not for me it's too fluffy it's, i've got a friend who said it's very happy clappy and it's these connotations that are attached to it which stop people from accessing it now i've tried yoga i've tried uh, pilates i've tried meditation and the effects are, are really good and i don't know why i don't do more of it yet if i had the choice i would go for a run play football over those three things even though those three things will help me burn you know calories and they're better for my mind and my body so why do people not buy into it enough mm. and it's really difficult because i know what you, the happy clappy fluffy holistic zenny sort of like wishy-washy fluffy duffy it's all that hippy trippy stuff isn't it um, and I think for some people, I mean, it depends on people's views of things. For some people, if you go into the statistical analysis of uh, MRI scans and what actually meditation does to your brain, how it changes the brain, how it calms the brain down, how it gives you less anxiety, gives you more focus. It helps you be more empathic. It gives you more compassion. Um, it, it eases stress. And these are these are actually proven statistical MRI scans that show the, the pictures of a brain before and after. That would that would highlight the benefits of this kind of activity to a certain group of people, for example. For other people, yeah. all they want to do is stop getting panicky. They want to be able to go shopping or do this and they want to stop getting panicky. So for them, it's I want to know how to deep breathe, use meditation to calm myself down. For other people, it's about, you know. I want to get into the chill of this and I like a bit of Zen and I like a bit of yoga and I want to get it in. So for everybody, it's, it's how they view things and it, and it can be a different thing for everybody. The key is it's just like exercise or, or something that we take up. It's something that you can start off small and yeah. build it up. And it doesn't matter even if you just think I can only just try it for two minutes but try it for two minutes and say, I'm going to do this a few times a week or I'm going to just do this in the bath or in the shower and just sort of almost take a note of how you feel then and how you feel in a week or two's time. Yeah. Because it really does make a difference. It really I can see that. I think that's really coming across. Once you've built that into your routine, and I always say about routine, don't compare it to other people's routines, especially now in lockdown people are looking what's out there and I think there's too many people who are portraying themselves too perfectly on social media and I just roll my eyes at that try to put authenticity to it but the benefits of building it in you know there's mental benefits and physical benefits isn't there like well does it like someone's asking me about sleep does it help you sleep better does it help you breathe better I don't know it helped well it helps you sleep better and you can also do they call it like a seven point check that you normally do at the beginning of a meditation where you go either head down or toes up to your head. You can actually do that yourself in bed at night with or without music and, it, and whatever music suits you. It can be animal sounds, it can be bird sounds, it can be meditation sounds, it can be you know, soft trance from Ibiza days, whatever is, is <laughs> to you.
but it, it can because that's you know that can be one of the worst times for overthinking and it's because it's it's just you're just lying there and it's your thoughts but actually when you concentrate and saddle your thoughts and get yourself into your own body you can you know it can really benefit sleep really benefit sleep you know yeah. it, it really really can make a difference I brought that up because a few people in my network have mentioned this on Twitter as well. Sleep problems, and that can, if you're not sleeping well, that can have such a big effect on your day, especially in terms of anxiety. But um, yeah, like did someone, oh, that someone else mentioned to me about mindfulness. You know, you say you've mentioned mindfulness having a cup of tea or in the shower, having a bath. Someone said about mind, mindful running. Is this a thing? Like that's coming quite, coming quite big now. Yeah, I think people who are doing the couch to 5k or who people who run there's a there's a point where you're running when you overcome the initial pain of the first mile or first k of like what am i doing um but it's the the feel good hormones that you get from running the energy and the endorphins are fantastic but also running in in itself is mindful because eventually you get to the point where you're literally just running and mm. i don't know anyone who who has started and learned to run and runs regularly it, it 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 actually automatically will make your mind stop and you, you end up just you know running for clarity i mean people used to run before they had big meetings because they knew it'd give them a bit of they used to call it um it stops me thinking it's my downtime it's my this and actually it's mindful to actively engage in mindful running is fantastic because it's, it's a win-win situation it's it's the whole point is and it can be wherever it is is that you're running acknowledging that my body is doing this for me and getting me from here to there and i'm out of breath or heart's beating and it's just i yeah. can see this i can see this you're just acknowledging what's around you more than than you would normally because you're being mindful of how how amazing my body can actually get me from you know even if it's just for five minutes down the road but i've run it's just great yeah. It's so inspiring as well. I like often uh, if you're training in mental health or you've done the mental health first aid, like say someone's having a panic attack, they do say like, what can you see? What can you hear? What can you touch? What can you smell? Like sensory. And we don't spend enough time checking, checking and scanning ourselves, either our body or our, our senses, do we? No. And that's, that's, I mean, that's one of the great tools for, you know, if you wanted to do some, mindfulness and medication with younger people um, yeah. you know, whether that's children the senses are one of the key things it can be like one of those pretend candles it can be play-doh it can be fluffy yeah. material and because of the fast-paced world we live in there are so many things that have become popular with kids because everything's so interactive social media video screens telephones quick da, 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 that so many you remember the fitbits yeah the little what they call fitbits the little oh, spinners spinners hammer beads yeah yeah do you remember those things that they used to make little rubber bands that you put together and yes yeah loom, loom bands yeah. yeah loom bands that's it as a primary school teacher i've seen all these that's things. it yeah. slime slime yeah making slime so what children collectively are telling us by these crazies is that they're missing the sensory side of being a child. That's because creativity is all thought out of them as well. And, and uh, one thing we did when I taught in London, we had a mindfulness, someone trialing something, 
and we used to have a very lively, boisterous class in the city area of London. And uh, we, after lunch, we'd have to do 10 minutes every day because they were bouncing off the wall. They were brilliant, also the most entertaining class I've ever had. But we had this thing with a raisin, and they had to like look at the raisin, they had to smell the raisin, they had to squeeze the raisin, listen to the sound of the raisin, and they really wanted to eat the raisin. I was like, after about eight minutes, I was like, yeah, yeah, you can eat the raisin now. But it got them focusing, and then it was like, right, get your books out and do all this work, and then they were like, oh. But yeah, it's really good that you mentioned children, because they're often a good indicator of what, what works, I think. Very much so, absolutely. And it is, it is, there are many different ways that you can use mindfulness with kids. And I know, you know, particularly my daughter and some of her friends, when they've had, they've had a little session in year six. And um, I took her to, to a yoga workshop that, that I went to, the first original one. And it's funny because it was two and a half hours long. It was like a, a spring yoga session. And it was a mixture of relaxation. And my daughter said to me, Mummy, I can't believe that that was two and a half hours. It felt like an hour. I said, I know. And that's uh, the other thing. When you get into meditation, you think, blooming at 10 minutes, 10 minutes of just sitting there doing nothing, which is not what meditation is about. A meditation is you do think about things. Yeah. But also, when you get deeply relaxed, the time just goes like that. That's amazing. And yeah, it makes me want to try it more. I've, I've done a few in, in Levin June at the Hour of Coconut, where we've done some of our men's meetings. And it was good. And I could sit for an hour and I thought that went really quickly. And I'd be driving home afterwards. And the only feelings I get like that is after I've done, I've had some counselling or I've done, like, it's the the good feeling that comes out of you. You know that you've done something good for your mind. It relieves so much pressure. And I think one thing that's bothering me and a lot of people, and it will bother kids probably, is they're on their screens too much. So uh, a guy last night on another podcast said to me, oh, you know, I want something to do. I work at a computer all day. I want something to do for self-care that isn't on a computer game, that isn't watching the TV, that isn't, you know, and he said, like, I want to get out and do my exercise, but I want to reduce screen time in my life, and that seems to be a big problem right now. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it, it's very difficult because at the moment, obviously, a lot of screen time is the way that we're connected with people. So we're doing Zoom meetings and podcasts and stuff. But also there's, there's things on the internet that you can YouTube, that you can, that you can yeah. have a look at. Um, but also, you know, we have the ability as human beings to actually think, you know, I'm going to turn it off and I'm going to go and go into the garden and look at the plants. or I'm going to look at something in my room that's going to relax me. And, you know, some of, sometimes it's your big teddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've supported a lot of people who are just like, I just need a hug and everything. And I've said, you know, sometimes I've actually took my elephant, which I'm mad about elephants, and hugged it because I just needed a hug. The elephant <laughs> in the room. Uh, no, it's really, it's really important and physical contact. But as much as I said about screens, it, I'm trying to push the positive side of, of social media and connection during lockdown. So the fact that we're doing this, for example, and the groups that we've set up, so peer support, um, it's a really important thing. And I know that you've attended our women's group, so I just was interested to know how you found that. It's really, really good. It's, it's, you know, there's a few things that I'm on that are connections and sometimes they're just an hour, but it, it gives you that real well-being feeling after because you're thinking, you know, we've all had a bit of a chat about different things and about, you know, oh, I'm bothered about this today. And oh, and someone, and one I was on this morning, which is a local one, was a, a woman who said I'm, she'd got a kitchen scissors and just thought, sod this, 
Binge. No. So worried about it being at an angle like that, and everything. It was like, oh. And then a guy said, oh, I said it's all right for me. And he got his clippers, and he, he literally has just shaved all his hair off. So I never contemplated doing that, but that's it. In, in lockdown, all these things, we're seeing new things about ourselves, and uh, I think connecting in the right way and using social media in the right way. And I think that that's something we're, we're trying to champion. You know, listen, if you've not listened to a podcast before, this could be a good opportunity. If you've not done a, a guided meditation before, this would be a perfect opportunity because people are at home. It's not, you know, I think some people wear it as a badge of honour to say that they're busy. You know, that like what, at what point in society is that like the, the thing to aim for is that I'm really busy, I work stupid hours. Like I think being there in the here and now, now it's almost no excuses sometimes. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny because it's almost like it's enforcing a mindful life onto people at the moment. And a lot of people are really struggling against it. You know, a lot of people are like, I can't book my holiday. I can't plan this. I can't plan that. And basically it's the repetitive of, I can't live in the future. I can't live in the future. I can't live in the future. I've got to live now. I've got to do now. But actually, once you embrace the fact that, God, this is an opportunity to live in the now and do whatever we need to do to get through this however it affects us and one of the things that's positive about it is the way that we are socially responsibly and beneficially using social media for connection and it and it's you know one of the things that when I first passed my meditation teaching and I set up my business and I had a space to do it all and I was good to go and we were literally just about to like put my adverts out have my flyers all my people that were going to come lockdown no you can't go anywhere so that's had to go on the back foot but you know i've still done some private one-to-ones i've still done some on groups you know the next thing for me and this is just put is to put something on my facebook page and say do you know what i'm not going to make any money but i'm here to support people if anyone wants a meditation one-to-one here i am send me send me a message that's it, and I've literally just shared it as well, so feel free to use our community because we're trying to get people in who, who get, I say, have appeared on the podcast, who can like package these great things for people who would never have considered them before. So, so you know, use us to, to try things out and things like that. So I think that's really important. And that's one of the things I've really enjoyed doing is making the, the Facebook group, and that's really taken off. I've really enjoyed that because it's nourished me a bit as well. Which is great, isn't it? Because it works for both. I mean, it's, it's, it's good for the people and it's good for you too. And it's, it's just, it's a way of just putting yourself out there and actually thinking, you know, this is benefiting me and some others in so many ways. Let it benefit as many people as possible. If it, if it benefits someone who's climbing the walls and doesn't know what to do, if that one person then thinks, do you know what, I'm going to make a cup of coffee and just have 10 minutes Zen downtime, thanks then that's great for me. I feel like it made a difference. That's accessible. And I think some people might even be incorporating elements of mindful living into their lives without even knowing it. And, and if we champion that, there's never been a better time to try something new. If I always say people aren't happy with the way things are going. As somebody who has gone through a lot of pain in the past, nothing will ever improve without taking action. But action doesn't have to be this insurmountable obstacle action can be a very very tiny tiny thing absolutely it can be a tiny tiny thing and i think you know 
a lot of people even now thinking, oh, you know, I haven't got time, homeschooling the kids as well as trying to work from home or whatever it is they're trying to do. And that's fine. We're not asking you to additionally create time and say, right, here's an additional 15 minutes to be mindful. Actually incorporate the mindfulness in what you already do. Everybody has a bath or a shower. Everybody has a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So tell us a little bit about one of your say products or your a meditation. What, what kind of meditation do you specialize in and how would that go for somebody like a, 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 a synopsis almost a synopsis <laughs> so basically it's it's a lot of the meditations i've done yeah mindful teo uh, a lot of the meditations that i've done that are one-to-one have been people who are feeling anxiety mm-hmm. and people who are wanting to just have some time to just relax and calm down a bit so mine are guided meditations and they will be on positive affirmations. They'll be on gratitude. They'll be on finding calm and peacefulness in your life. They are, they are literally, I will guide somebody through and I generally will use my Tibetan mold to clear the air. And then I, I normally have music on in the background, usually sounds of nature, but it's just simply on in the background. And what it will do is the first thing is just to relax you from head to toe in a comfortable position that you are in and then i use the breath so the key thing for me is using your breathing and you know breathing in and breathing out and being acknowledging it and allowing your outer breath to be more than your inner breath mm-hmm. initially it will calm you down quite quickly and acknowledging your thoughts and not trying to stop your thoughts but being aware of them i mean that sometimes is the light bulb switch might for some people because they have never ever had a meditation and actually thought, oh right, it's okay to be thinking of next door and thinking about next week and thinking about this and thinking about that. Because you are, but it's to be aware of them. It's to actually think, I'm thinking this. But then with a guided meditation, sometimes you can have a mantra or words or things that will bring you back to the here and now, or focusing on your body or focusing on what you can hear or your senses. So there's all sorts of different ones. I will say at the moment, the ones that we're well the ones that i'm kind of doing and, and i know we're going to do i'm going to do one next week for my local um well-being community um will be on just being calming down just to feel calm because because that's what i think a lot of people are struggling with i'd love to get you on one week on the men's group just for the last 10 minutes or something like anytime because I, I think the guys that we've got are quite open to that and uh I think just to try these things out, I mean, and the women's group as well, because I think it's really important, but someone, I was reading something about like what you said there, that you, then it goes on to you clocking what your body is telling you, aren't you? So like, um, there's often an emotions can cause some kind of blockage in your body. And, and is it right that like emotions are held in the chest? Yeah, you talk about your chakras here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know the terminology, but I know, like, I always feel like, you know, if you say, get it off your chest, like, sometimes I just want to, ah, scream, and I feel better. Yeah, because you're getting the emotion out, using that vocal and getting it off your chest, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, and it, I think at one point, I know, through yoga or something I've done, at the end, you, like, touch a part of your body where you think you're holding some tension. Yeah, there's, there's, that's a bit like Reiki and using, I mean, this, one of the things you do in yoga is your chakras, all your different chakras opening. So, you know, because if it's your throat chakra, 
you might be not saying something to someone that you should do and you can feel it in your throat if it's your chest and your heart it's emotions and it's feelings it can be if it's in your solar plexus it can be down there whatever reason yeah. So, yeah so it can be a way of releasing that as well yeah yeah for me personally and i don't know others in my network it's about i want to try and explore this body mind connection i know someone recommended a book to me this morning but body keeps the score or something um and I, it just it's just making me think about like what you know yeah i do sometimes feel things in my throat you know like you get choked up sometimes don't you but i often feel a nervousness or a restlessness from the tummy in my gut and in my chest and i mean i have adhd so like there's a lot of things that i that i can't just click my fingers and they're not going to go away but it's how i learn to deal with those things yeah, and it is, and it and it does it manifests. I mean, the linked, the mind and the body are, are absolutely linked. So it manifests itself physically, and that can be in various different things with headaches, stomach aches, feeling this, feeling that, and a lot of it is to do with with how we're thinking and feeling about things, and it does show up in your body. But there are, you know, as I would say, meditation and mindfulness. Mind's my stomach, so you know, stress, worry about yeah. things. Immediately, my stomach sounds. Like like a washing machine so but it's actually being aware of that and thinking you know yeah this is my stomach and it needs to let it go and you know just calm down and i feel like i'm learning so much from you rachel uh, there's like things that i've always wanted to ask but like i think like you say this perception of no one wants to like put himself out there and look stupid do they but like i, I mean i've made myself look stupid for a long time listen back on all my podcasts but um What's this, something that come up, I don't know if you know about this, is it parasympathetic nervous system, nervous, like sympathetic and parasympathetic? Again, I'm only just looking into this, but it, it explains a lot to me. Yes, absolutely. And it is, it's, 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 it's similar to learning about um, the, the hippocampus and the frontal lobe of your brain and how they work and how automatically as a human being, you know, we are, we have our fight or flight, fight or flight mode, and that's how we react to things which we perceive as frightening, fear. Mm -hmm. So it's all based, it's all based on fear, really. So yeah. as a human being, we have our different reactions, and meditation and mindfulness will actually reduce that. That is a massive thing for someone who's suffered with anxiety. That is a massive thing. If someone had said to me 15 years ago, you know. If you learn this, it'll help you with that. I'm not saying it's a miracle cure, and I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but it will give you an ability to actually. That's know, really interesting. You have to with both hands. Yeah, because I've I've done everything. You know, I've, like, I've had depression, and anxiety throughout my twenties, and obviously got this diagnosis. But everything you're supposed to do, I've done. I've lost weight. You know, I've like I've dealt with bad things in the past and prepared relationships with my parents like but still the main thing i feel is frustration and fear now that that would be all right if fear was stopping me but it's not you know like yeah i've gone through all the models and i've gone you know past their comfort zone i'm into like the growth zone in fact i'm so far past that now i call it the twilight zone like because everything that i've done that way more than i thought i'd ever ever achieve from what i'm doing here but I still feel fear. But now when I feel fear, I just go past it anyway, which sounds great. But like what you just said, maybe the way for me to, to conquer that fear and steady myself is to start to learn how to be more mindful and, and use meditations and things like that. And the thing is, fear is there to keep us as a human being safe, alive. Yeah. And 
unfortunately, in some ways, and in the world we live and the way we live, it, it, it's kind of gone a bit too far that way because actually we don't need to worry about big animals that are going to, you know, or social groups, you know, fear of not being socially acceptable because in the Neanderthal times, that would have killed us if we'd have been on our own. So fear of being on your own is a fear. It's not about, I want to get rid of this fear and never feel it again, because fear is an emotion and it, 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 it does have its benefits. I mean, it does, you know, if something's going to fall on you and you go, oh God, that's scary, and you move away, you, say, you save yourself from having a broken foot. But it's acknowledging that this is an emotion that's created and I'm yeah. aware of it. And it's uncomfortable sometimes, but I'm aware of that too. And it's hard sometimes, and I'm aware of that too. It makes yeah. me want to cry sometimes, I'm aware of that too. It makes me want to go, fuck off, fear! Sorry for swearing, no, right? It's all right, we're allowed. I'm aware of that too, because I'm, it's, it's almost, you become self-aware of, yeah. of these feelings. And they are not wrong, they're not yeah. right, they are feelings, all of them. It's just part of our rich tapestry, like, it, and it does get easier, I suppose. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll, like, for example, I just recorded this podcast. I'm not gonna lie, I wrote down some notes half an hour before I spoke to you. Whereas I've been doing the podcast for over a year now, and like, I was petrified at the beginning. And then Monday night, I recorded a group podcast with the guys. Like, you know, we've been working together for months. They've all consented to it and put that together. And like, oh, of course I'm scared, but that is a massive achievement and I've come a long way. And I think people don't often look back on what they have achieved and praise themselves enough. Absolutely. And that's, that's a massive, massive achievement. And, you know, we're so quick to, to negatise things where we, we should look at all the positive things. You know, it's, it's even, it's, it's unfortunately a, a human trait. I think we're all kind of, you know, more predispositioned and cognitively towards the negative. They're always more negative than positive. But, you know, when you're aware of that, that's when you can make the difference. It's almost like saying, you know, I'm stuck in this prison and, I, and you know, this is, I can't do this and I can't do that. And someone says, actually, those prison bars are just in front of you because if you look to the right, that's the way out. Yeah, um, that's really, really profound, isn't it? Like self-awareness. I mean, I, the way I package it is check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because if you know it's happening, and, and see, as simple as some people say, oh, I can come to the group, but I'm not going to contribute. And I'm like, well, you have contributed because you're there in the group. Like you can just listen or like, you, you know, if, I don't know, like if, if you acknowledge the feeling, that's better than not knowing it's there and letting the feeling drive you to self-destructive behaviours. Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, I was, you know, no one's saying that, you know, we don't all feel fear. It's when fear and the repercussions of that feeling stop us from doing something perhaps that we really want to do. That's the action time. That's the like, actually, I can't, this, this is it. I need to change this or I need to do something yeah. like that. But in, in terms of groups, you know, we're all different. Some, some will totally get involved and, and some, some will just listen and some will go from one to the other and that's absolutely fine isn't it we all, we're all different and we're all showing up with what we've got on that day because that's yeah. been mindful because we're only ever in the here and now aren't we I am right now and uh, <laughs> I mean I suppose that's why we talk, call it talk about it mate but like it's also listening you know listen about it mate because I think there's so when, you, when I share in groups or the guys share in groups it, 
you get you feel that you've got that feeling off your chest yeah so you feel you and you're annoyed that emotion but it's not until the person who sat next to you then it reveals that they also have that this kind of thing and they identify that kind of thing then you feel like oh and then it starts to like really seep in that it's good that you opened up about that thing and yeah it's just it's just an amazing experience for me it is it's amazing it's ama- i think one of the most amazing things i've learned in my life journey is what an absolutely amazingly wonderful gift it is you can give someone is listening to them we never learn that we never we're never trained to do that it's very hard we're always queuing up what we're going to say and, and this is why people feel they're going to be judged and the well-meaning people in my life they they want they, they care they want to jump in they want to say something they want to make it better they want to rescue you and i don't need that right especially not now i just need the opportunity to speak and I'll give you your opportunity to speak and just listen and be with it. Like you say, the here and now, just be with it, not go look to the future and do X, Y and Z to address that thing. Just be with it. Yeah, absolutely. Just be with it. And, and you know, like I say, sometimes, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's difficult to feel what you're feeling, but it is what you're feeling in the here and now. And it's an emotion and it's just what you need to feel and get through but you can get through it it's just sometimes it's difficult so many people just won't acknowledge it and just think i don't want to feel that so i'll run away from it i'll go to do this and distract it the problem with that is you end up with feeling on top of it and all these things build up to a point where it physically manifests in you know or it can cause you stress or and it's because you're not having that ability and learning and it's a journey we're all on that you continue to learn about having to go through it yeah that that i mean building up and obviously men do that a lot but i I said when i had my breakdown about five years ago i just i didn't address all these feelings it was you know or it was coming out in the wrong way it's probably 18 months in the making and then it just came out i was screaming and like you know but it felt like i'd got this real weight of emotion off my chest but obviously i'd left it too long and i put myself at risk and what i'm trying to say why not let a little bit a little bit of steam off each week you know and, and carry on living a more a more meaningful life than, than just carry it with you like an emotional backpack all the time. It is. It's like, you know, jumping off a mountain into the most beautiful water and carrying a big rock with you. Nice. I, li- I like this kind of imagery. Yeah, I think it's, it's important. But uh, so thank you so much for being part of the Talk About it, Mate community because anyone who's been on the podcast now, you, you can't escape us. I'm very annoying. Message. <laughs> um, but I'm really happy to have you involved in the women's group. So over to you. If people want to find you, Rachel, and find out about what you do, where can they find you? Well, if people want to find me, it's uh, my, my current Facebook page is, is Rachel Barker, R A C H A E L Barker. Um, my business name is Mindful Teo, and I'm just in the process of setting that up. But I will put a link on my Facebook page, or well, they can find me via you, Mike, through Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and and to end really, so now we're in lockdown uh, and and managing the transition back to normal everyday life. What's what's on the agenda for you? What what are you going to be doing during that time with your work and with your life? Well, I shall carry on um, doing my counselling studying. Um, I'm going to do some one-to-one um, coaching and hopefully uh, be able to actually physically get a perhaps socially distancing meditation space that i can actually physically do in the future um, and i would love to do, give that a go rachel 
absolutely yeah absolutely that's what i should be building on in the next 12 months amazing and we'll, we'll make sure we share you every step of the way thank you so much i've really enjoyed that chat like personally for me i feel like really buzzing after that excellent good good i'm really glad to hear that yeah and thank you so much for recording it for me because i can't do anything on the computer uh, so <laughs> no problem send it over to me yeah yeah go make yourself a nice mindful brew now <laughs> i will a nice mindful brew i mean just out of interest how long do you leave the bag in for for a cup of tea the tea bag yeah to make a proper beautiful mindful cup of tea it's got to be at least two minutes oh i go longer than that like i i leave my tea bag in for five minutes because i like it strong yeah <laughs> And then and I, and I stir it like an equal amount in each direction. And then I put the milk in later. If you put the milk in first, please never contact me. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. All the big topics I talk about, mate. Right, Rachel, have a lovely day. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>